Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> Welcome to the Speak Up Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Gillenwater, and this is Work Smart, the podcast where we tell you all about how to be more efficient and effective on the job. And today we're joined by Kent Dixon from Unobi, and our good friend, Joey Pomernanke, introduced me to Kent. And Joey knows I'm a big nerd when it comes to this wearable tech stuff. So, Kent, man, I'm excited to chat with you about your company and what you're up to. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here as well. Yeah, so um, I got to ask you, man, what, uh, what's your favorite work smart tip when it comes to um, not just in general terms, but, but in terms of wearable tech? Like, are you using any IoT, um, Internet of Things type stuff to help you be more efficient on the job? You know, everybody's favorite, I shouldn't say everybody's, but most people's favorite IoT device is actually Sonos. Um, and uh, some of the cool things that we do with Sonos are um, to be able to do announcements. So I have, you know me, routines that sort of run in the background that occasionally uh, come and speak to me over my Sonos speaker. They kind of pause the music, give me an announcement that says, hey, don't forget to do X, Y, Z today, uh, specifically on Mondays. Uh, I have it remind me to set out the trash and recycling before I go to work. Uh, otherwise, I chronically forget that. So things like that help help an awful lot. Um, I'm one of those guys who uh, has two phones. I have Android and iOS. And one of the cool features we have with our Android app is that uh, when you get an incoming call on Android, it actually pauses uh, or mutes your uh, tone of speakers while you're on the phone and then restarts them uh, when you hang up. So that's a nice uh, productivity um, thing as well. Oh, nice. Okay. And then just for the sake of the listeners, I would describe you know me as sort of an aggregator for all of your wearable tech and internet of things devices. So you can sort of manage them all from one app. Is that, is that a decent description or how might you describe it? Yeah, that it's a decent description for sure. Um, it, it is, uh, just like you say, it's sort of this higher level thing. Uh, we don't make any devices. Um, we don't embed software into these devices. We don't have a hub. Uh, we really just have a service that sort of runs in the ether one level above all of your uh, connected devices. And, uh, you know, our goal really is to make them simpler. Um, when you use them together, um, because we are big fans of these devices, the Sonos, the Nest, the uh, Philips Hue, the Amazon Echo, um, but always felt like the whole was not greater than the sum of the parts because they're all sort of uh, stovepipes of functionality. So we sort of knit them together in a convenient way, uh, largely invisible most of the time. So you don't actually have to be, uh, you know, opening the app and interacting that you just sort of set up um, some configurations and then uh, stuff starts magically working together. It's it's interesting and I'm, it's uh, uncanny timing that we're chatting because uh, there are a number of different categories of technology that I intentionally shy away from because I'm afraid that they're going to to suck away all of my time and money. So, for example, <laughs> I, I refuse to play video games because I'm afraid that they're too good in 2016 right. and they'll be too captivating and then I'll spend time playing games instead of getting stuff done or doing other things that I enjoy. Um, and and wearable tech and IoT are um are definitely uh they definitely fall into that category and um yeah you may have listened to to the show we had with max borges and a few episodes ago but uh yeah as a, as a thank you for being on the show he sent me a little care package and it just so happens that that care package included some 
Internet of Things uh, items. So I actually got a, a programmable light bulb. I got a, um, a temperature gauge that sits on my patio and measures the temperature and the humidity. Um, I got a, a power switch that all of my tech in my living room plugs into so I can reset my router, for example, from my, from my iPhone. And, oh, yeah. and then my, my biggest fear basically came true and I, I started going really deep. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm only about two weeks into my journey, but so far I have a connected scale, which replaced my perfectly good, good non-connected scale. Um, exactly. I've got a Fitbit and, uh, and that's just the beginning, but, I, but I'm loving, I'm loving the fact that I can dashboard all this stuff. Oh, oh, and I almost forgot to mention, I have a sense. So I've got this little orb that sits on my bed and, and measures oh, how yeah. well I'm sleeping and the conditions in my room, including the noise and the light and the temperature. So I get to wake up and, and see how well I slept based on my score and how well I had my surrounding set up. My Fitbit tells me how low my resting heart rate is at night and how much activity I did during the day. And Oh man, this is uh, this is going to become a bit of an obsession, I think. So, so that's that's my kind of history with this stuff, and I'd love to hear from you. How did you get into it, and what what is it that appeals to you? And kind of um, give me a sense of of what you're into at the moment when it comes to this sort of tech. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think the journey that you're describing is the journey that uh, I think a lot of people. Uh, are on or or that's very similar to the way you get started where um, this stuff uh, you know the individual products whether they're quantified cell types of things or they're lighting control or music or security or what have you you kind of get started with it and gosh it is super cool it opens up so much to you uh, that was never there before you know insights and control and you know sometimes it's a novelty sometimes it's uh, it's really something that you're learning from, but it can be really engrossing. But what we see over time is that the novelty wears off. Um, and after a while, you've sort of learned a little bit about your sleeping patterns and your your movement and exercise patterns and learned a little bit about, uh, you know, your climate control and how you like things. And then after that, you kind of want it to fade in the background. You still want to have a general awareness, uh, but mostly you want things to be automated um, and, and simple because, you know, it's great to have the sleep monitor and it's great to have the activity monitor and it's great to have the temperature uh, gauges and everything else. But if, if there are things that you have to pay attention to every day of your life, um, then I'm not sure we've done the right things in terms of, of, uh, simplification. I think, uh, uh, we might have done, you know, the opposite of that. We may have added a lot of complexity to your house because, uh, because, you know, we're just talking about those three devices to begin with, but what about the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh thing that come into your home and into your life? And if you have to pay attention to those too, then gosh, we've just, we, we've overloaded you with, um, things that you have to attend to. Um, and the internet of things should really be, um, about automation, simplification, and, um, anticipation, uh, knowing, that you recently just woke up, for instance, because your uh, sleep monitor is sort of connected to something larger than itself. And therefore, whatever your routine or pattern for the day is sort of commences automatically at that time, whether it's make the coffee, uh, turn on NPR, 
set the temperature of the house to something, start warming the car if it's wintertime, you know, these various things. That's how the Internet of Things should work. And that's and that's where we came to this from is uh, I co-founded the company uh, a couple of years ago uh, with a couple of other really smart guys. And we all came into this from some foundation in connected buildings, connected home. Um, and what we saw was these fantastic individual point products coming to market uh, that by themselves were fantastic. Um, but that, you know, the, the future that we foresaw um, without intervention was one that I'm describing, which is the, the, you know, when you get a few of these things, the whole is not only is the whole not greater than the sum of the parts, it's actually less uh, uh, with the more devices that you get because it's adding complexity. So we said, how can we affect that outcome? Um, and uh, that's what set us uh, on this path. Yeah, I think I think the problem your company solves, the, the problem your app solves, is one that I've discovered immediately, which is what you've alluded mm -hmm. to, the sense of fragmentation. And I think fragmentation is a symptom of any emerging tech, whereby you have multiple players sure. doing multiple things in isolation. And they, they're not necessarily manageable from a central dashboard, and they don't necessarily talk to each other. So is that sort of the vision for you know me or, or is there do you have a more succinct way of, of putting that in terms of where you plan on going in the future well the succinct way that we put it is uh we're simplifying the connected home and making it better now that so that means a lot of things it's not just a dashboard it's not just a universal remote control but it is a way to sort of knit together the connected things in your life to create better outcomes to create uh, simplicity to create uh, capability that maybe wasn't there before that that saves you time makes uh, life more enjoyable or convenient for you so so that's how we describe it um, we don't want to be sort to shoehorned into this, you know, it's a single dashboard or a single app to control everything, uh, because uh, done right, um, it's largely invisible, uh, but it's a coordinating, uh, context knitting uh, 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 sort of system that just sort of lives there um, and is around you all the time. And, and does that include a sort of if this then that for IoT? Um, so you mentioned, you know, it should automate things and you, you gave the example of waking up and then your coffee maker switching on. Is that mm -hmm. a current functionality or a future plan or what are your thoughts on that? No, it's a current functionality. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, it is very much the if this, then that. But um, but what you start to realize when you start thinking about physical things and lifestyles is that. You need a few more T's <laughs> than okay. if this, then that, you know, you, you needed that and that and that and that, but only if this or only on these days or whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, and so just from a logic standpoint, that, that sort of reveals a little bit of the, 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 the complexity that, um, that uh, I think that we can support, but yet at the same time, uh, we're trying to hide. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so, uh, the, the, the product, uh, if this and that, if is a great product, but it's very much exactly as advertised, you know, it's like single trigger, single action. Um, and, uh, and that's not, that doesn't reflect how people actually live their lives. You know, you might wake, it, it might, it might be easy to say, Hey, when I wake up, if I wake up in the morning, then turn on the coffee maker. Uh, but if you can't also say, 
and also play the news and also warm the house. Oh, but by the way, only do that if I'm actually at home. You know, if I wake up in Maui, please don't turn up on my coffee maker in Boulder, Colorado. Bad things are going to happen, right? And, and so an if-style approach to this um, is is powerful in its simplicity, but it's limited by that simplicity as well. A slightly more complex algorithm. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so so in in the vein of playing with new tech and this new stuff appealing to the tinkerer and the hobbyist, I do want to focus on the the utility of these things because mm-hmm. my experience so far has been that there is some real utility, although it's it's rather rough in its early stages. And so I wanted to I wanted to get a sense from you what sort of stuff you use in your daily life. Like I'd love to hear about all your connected devices. And I'd love to hear what um, what sort of stuff it actually does for you. So, for example, my um, my my sleep tracker was one of the first things that I got. My Sense, which I think is awesome, by the way, it's kind of pricey, but it's a really good user experience. It's a really slick device, and I I drew a correlation between how much activity I did during the day and how much liquid I drank um, in the late evening with mm. with uh with how well I slept at night and also it alerted me mm. that I'm keeping my room too hot and I've noticed since I've adjusted that I've been sleeping better. Um so like mm-hmm. there's there are some practical things because sleep is is crucial. I, I sleep is one of the most important things to me in any case for staying productive and focused and sharp during the day. Um and, sure. and I know all of the devices for the most part have, have helped me kind of get a new level of understanding. So new a new insight that I've gathered or captured that can help me make an adjustment in my life. Um, I, I'd love to hear your setup. So let's let's nerd out for a minute and let me um, let me hear about the way uh, you, you're all connected at home. Uh, well, uh, we've got a few things uh, in our house. We have we have uh, connected door locks, connected lighting, uh, connected thermostats, um, uh, connected sound and music. Uh, and television, um, uh, maybe a few other things, but, uh, but those are the highlights. Um, you know, one, so I've got, uh, I've got, uh, middle school kids, uh, and, uh, of course they have iPhones these days, but what's great, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, the connected home for them is that, you know, they, they're at the point now where they take themselves to school and come home. Um, and uh, as they leave, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the door locks behind them. Uh, and as they come home, it just sort of automatically unlocks as they approach the house. Um, so that's, that's a cool thing. You know, uh, we don't send, you know, the kids, these kids will never know uh, physical keys, right? These little metal pieces of thing that you carry around and often lose and, and, and stuff like that, that they can get in and out of the house, uh, without that. Um, and the other thing, uh, just to go on the, on the, on the kid, um, uh, topic for a minute, uh, I have failed as a parent in teaching my kids to turn off the lights when they leave a room. Uh, and, uh, and so I've given up on that. And, <laughs> Uh, and now, and now, uh, the lights turn off for them, uh, you know, as they leave the house, uh, the lights in their rooms and their closets and everything else that they often keep, uh, go out. And so we find that to be, uh, really very useful as well. Um, and, uh, and now that, uh, we have voice assistants, 
Um, you know, so it's great to have automated things. This is when I leave, do this. When I arrive, do that. When it's Monday morning at 7 a.m., give me an, a, a reminder over the Sonos to set out the trash. Uh, those automated things are great, and those are that's a really important part of this. But uh, but there are times when you, the human, actually want to make a decision, like like times that you watch television or movies or whatever uh, are one of those. You know, you don't do it all, always at the same time, uh, not every day. Um, uh, so you want the human to be involved in that. Um, and now that we have things like Amazon Echo, uh, where you can actually use your voice, uh, that's, that's how we in our house kind of turn on and off the TV, uh, how we play music on our Sonos and everything else. Um, it was really, uh, and so we just use Amazon Echo and the Unomi connection to say, you know, Alexa, turn on the TV or Alexa, uh, turn on a uh, kitchen news program uh, and the Sonos comes on. So it was really funny for, uh, for my wife's birthday, I got her yet another <laughs> Sonos uh, speaker. And I said, well, this one's for, for the bedroom. I know you like to listen to the news and uh, it's NPR and in, in the bedroom. Uh, and, uh, and when she unwrapped it, the kids said, well, how are you going to control this? Because there's Alexa's downstairs. How's mom even going to turn that thing on? So they have no idea that there's other ways to actually activate a Sonos other than your voice. Amazing. <laughs> they'll, you know, you know, they won't know what a remote control looks like, you know, uh, those types of things. So, uh, so that's, that's how, how it works in our house. Obviously, uh, temperatures, uh, uh, excuse me, air conditioning and heating and everything else is really nice to be able to correlate to whether or not somebody's home. Yeah. We had, we had Shane Mack from assist on the podcast and he's, uh, he's, uh, working with bots at the moment. And he was telling me how he uses echo and Alexa to book Ubers and things. And, oh, yeah. and then I started looking into it and I, I was so tempted to, to buy one, but, um, I believe Apple and Google are, or, or I think Google already announced their competitor and I, I hear rumors of an Apple yeah. competitor coming out. So I'm going to wait for now, but it all seems super interesting to me. Cause I, I do like Siri, although she's, uh, she's annoying and not that accurate. I'm, I'm sure she'll get better over time. <laughs> um, if that could plug into things in my house, that would be awesome. But, um, yeah. What, uh, do you use do you use Alexa for any work related stuff? Is is it helping you automate any tasks or any kind of note taking or, or how how else do you use uh, the Echo? Uh, largely, I just use it for home uh, based automation and controlling things. Um, obviously, we we all use her for the other standard things like you know preparing breakfast. What's the temperature going to be today? Um, she sits in our kitchen. Actually, we do have one in the bedroom now too. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, so during cooking, you know, one of my daughters is really getting into baking. And so, uh, she'll sometimes ask for conversions, you know, how many teaspoons in a cup or whatever. And, and, uh, and so she's good for that. Um, and, uh, and of course playing music. Um, but no, for, for work related stuff, uh, we don't use her as much right now, but I will say about voice in general, I think you're right. You know, it's, I think this, this, this wave of unleashing voice assistants, uh, to do more for us than just, you know, uh, give us directions to, uh, to the, to the nearest gas station or whatever is really upon us now. So, and Alexa has really kind of showed the way for, uh, how to expose that in a home scenario. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Google did announce Google home, uh, which should be coming later this year. 
year. Um, and, uh, and yes, we all expect, uh, big things that Siri will be unleashed, um, uh, in this matter in a while and Cortana and other things, I'm sure too. Um, and, uh, and, and that's the other part of the philosophy of our company, which is let's be agnostic. You know, we, we don't need to have a horse in this race and say, you know, Alexa is better than Siri or, or whatever. Uh, we actually just want to embrace, you know, uh, whatever might come into your life, uh, figure out how to connect it, connect it with your other things and therefore make it more powerful and useful to you. And so, um, so we're doing that today with Alexa because it was first out of the gate and it's really a well-conceived product and, and great developers program. Um, but uh, there will be others, and we will embrace those with equal um, affection. <laughs> yeah. What's, I'm just curious, by the way, because I, I, um, I haven't had a chance to dive too deep into you know me. I, I went to sign up, and then I noticed you guys connect to Withings, which is the brand that makes my scale. Um, and then mm -hmm. I had to sign in. I don't know my damn uh, uh, login info, which is always a, a, a oh, big yes. barrier. Yep. But um, yeah. I, I want to know a bit more about the specific functionality and also love to know about kind of the business model and the plan and anything you want to share about the company would be would be super interesting. Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, so the way that consumers uh, uh, get, you know, me is they download a free app. Um, and that's kind of all there is to it for them. We try to make it very simple. You know, obviously today, uh, you know, early adopters are the people who are drawn to us, people who already have a lot of these devices in the home. And by definition, they are early adopters. But we see th that the transition of connected devices into sort of just mainstream uh, use is going to be pretty rapid. Uh, maybe not unlike uh, the way that, you know, smartphones sort of uh, uh, carried the day in a very short amount of time. Everybody had them. We think in a very short amount of time, everybody's going to have one or more connected devices in their home because the next thing that you go by, the next speaker that you go by, the next light bulb, frankly, that you go by, certainly the next TV that you go by will all be connected. Um, and so, uh, so we're trying to make, create a user experience that not just satisfies doesn't just satisfy the earth doctor, but actually can satisfy my mom. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, so accessibility is really key, uh, for us. And, uh, uh, and, and so that's why we went with, uh, an app based approach rather than a hub based approach. You know, a couple of years ago when we started the company, you know, there were two dozen startups out there building hubs, home automation hubs, you know, there was smart things and wink and revolve and, uh, uh, ninja blocks and, you know, and, and, and 10 or 20 others. Um, and we thought that a physical based hub was really going to be a barrier to adoption for mainstream folks. And we said, well, you know, what's not a barrier to adoption? Well, an app and furthermore, a free app. Um, and if you could figure out how to do this automation, you know, via the phone and the cloud simultaneously, uh, then you've done something really important in terms of accessibility. And then the other part of accessibility is just how easy is it to use? You know, is it, is it intuitive? Does it automatically discover your devices and hold your hand on you know, getting them connected? You know, not remembering your password, notwithstanding, I'm not sure we could do much about that uh, uh, right now, at least. Uh, 
but uh, 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 you know, we try to make that onboarding experience really magical and really simple. Um, and we, th- we think that that um, is a key. The first couple of minutes that you start using the product, if it finds your devices and then shows you how you can use them together in just a couple of taps, then uh, then we've done something really important. And you're likely to continue to use this for a long period of time. And the next device you get will be automatically discovered by Yonomi. And we can suggest then, oh, now you have a Sonos. Hey, so you can add that to your arrive home routine. Um, so, uh, so, so that's the idea is, is really free app automatically sets up your stuff, uh, gives you a lot of sort of, uh, assistive technology along the way, assistive things, suggestions, recommendations on what you can do with your devices. And now, because we've got, you know, thousands and thousands of users, uh, we have some wisdom of the crowd stuff in there that says, Oh, people with your, that have your combination of devices, use them together in these ways. And we can kind of sort of hand, hand you the pre-baked, uh, routines that you can just tap and turn on, uh, based on, uh, what we've learned from lots of other users. Um, so that's, that's really it. It's meant to just be there to, um, to help, help you out, simplify your life, make things a bit more powerful for you. Um, and the business model that goes with that is, um, that's, and we haven't even turned this on, frankly, uh, because we're just, we continue to be so focused on, uh, trying to enhance the app and the user experience and everything else. We haven't gotten around to actually turning on the product recommendation feature, which, um, which is an opportunity for, again, for us to use the wisdom of the crowds to sort of say, hey, you know, uh, mo- the majority of the people that have your combination of devices, which maybe is a Latin, a couple of speakers and uh, a thermostat, um, also have connected door locks. And you have this leave home routine that ter- turns off all your stuff when you leave the house. Wouldn't you also like to lock the house. And by the way, we work with multiple connected locks and here are the ones. And if you want to add one of those, you know, through our affiliate link, then, then, uh, then guess what? We get a commission out of that. Um, and, uh, everybody seems to think that that's a pretty fair, uh, way to, to support a free service like ours. It's not ads. We don't share, uh, that information with anybody, we only have, uh, we only consume that ourselves and kind of do the analytics to kind of say, Hey, I'm pretty sure Ray, uh, is probably thinking about a smart lock and we'll just let him know which ones we support. And if he wants to go buy that, great. Uh, if not, no harm done. Um, but, uh, but we'll occasionally get a commission through that, which will allow us to, uh, remain in business. Yeah, I, I certainly um, yeah. wouldn't mind a, a recommendation based on what other people are doing in my shoes. That's a lot better to me than a, a paid recommendation that doesn't necessarily right. match my my use case. So, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, everybody seems to think that that's a pretty fair trade. And then in terms of the the sign and stuff, I mean, that's uh, that's the bane of every technologist's existence, right? Because you have to yeah. be able to identify the user. Um, and, and user identification is annoying because you require some kind of unique email and then a password to go along with that. I've got a good solution mm-hmm. for my for my Mac where I, I use LastPass to kind of manage all that stuff for me. But on mobile, um, you know, you have to kind of jump around from different apps if, if you want to use a, a password generator. If not, you kind of have to come up with one on the fly that you hopefully aren't using for a bunch of other apps. And then if you ever need to use that service again to sign in or or what have you, then it's just a, it's a big mess. And then when you have apps that connect to each other, you've just got a, a chain of, of sign-ins that become uh, barrier after barrier. So for example, um, to connect into Yonomi, I think I would have to um, do a forgot password with Withings 
reset my password, oh, yeah. sign in, right. and then plug that into Yanomi. So yeah, I mean, maybe down the right. road, you'll have some level of integration where um, where Withings, the app, can, can actually pass you the credentials. But uh, that kind of leads me yeah. to my next thought, which is, um, uh, will these other apps play nicely? So what's been the response from the hardware manufacturers that have companion apps? Do they view you as... Um, as someone who's helping the ecosystem or do they view you as a competitor or someone that's further fact fragmenting things or what's the, what's been the response so far? Yeah. Well, I think that's a great question. And it was a big uh, concern that we had as we were getting started a couple of years ago uh, that, uh, you know, we knew what we were about, we, you know, we're not trying to be a universal remote control We're we're not necessarily trying to take over the, the user experience or uh, disintermediate other brands. Um, and so uh, we were very cognizant of, of, uh, of, of, of this issue and concerned about how we'd be perceived when we got started. So we were, we tried to be extremely clear from the get go and continue today that, you know, when, if you're a device manufacturer, like with things, uh, uh, when you look at, you know, me, do you think friend or foe? And we want to make sure that you always think friend, right? We're adding value, but we're not disintermediating. So, uh, so maybe, uh, uh, a good way to characterize it is um, we're not trying to be better at what with things does than with things is. Um, we're not trying to be better at, you know, creating music, music experiences and curating music than Sonos is. Um, what we're trying to do is the things that they can't do and that they don't do, which is to contextually coordinate those activities with the other things that they do. Um, uh, so, you know, if with things, if your pattern with your scale is the first thing you do every morning is take your weight, um, then that's a great contextual signal that Ray's now awake. And we can kind of use that to then kick off your morning music, your temperature, your coffee, what, what have you. Um, with things, you know, shouldn't be the guy who who sort of uh, directly reaches out and does a one-off integration with all of those other things. Um, so, so we're kind of the natural guy to do that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, so because we were pretty conscious of that at the beginning to be very clear that we're not trying to hijack your user experience or anything else, we're just trying to augment it, add, um, add uh, value uh, to that, uh, make sure that people uh, hopefully um, uh, because they get more value out of your product, they continue to use it. You don't have the, you know, the kitchen drawer problem, you know, like, Oh, I tried out this fitness tracker for a couple of months. Now I've learned everything I need to know. And I'm just going to throw it in the, in the, in the closet and stop using it. The novelty wore off. We think that if it gets sort of baked in more into your daily routine and you depend on that to inform your other devices, uh, then, uh, the likelihood that you'll continue to use it, uh, will go up and that's good for everybody. Um, and then the last piece is, is that business model that I mentioned, you know, if, if there was any question, if we're friend or foe, we are friends, you know, we, we can demonstrate, you know, uh, even, even our data today, even though we're not doing product recommendations, uh, we are able to, to, to know that when people start using, you know, me, they actually do go out and acquire more things and we can kind of measure that. Um, and, uh, and so that, that again is kind of creating, uh, creating a bigger pie. 
uh, for for everybody in the ecosystem. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm, as you're as you're talking about all the different use cases and and the different players and hardware versus software, it just has me thinking again about the the nascent stage um, that we find ourselves in when it comes to the Internet of Things and. I'm comparing it to to other industries of new tech, such as uh, drones, for example. So, drones yeah. are, <clears throat> you know, or have been a, a hobbyist um, piece of technology, and you have to kind of be pretty technical and and an early adopter to to take part in um, in this evolution or revolution, whatever you want to call it. And uh, you know, at the outset, there wasn't a whole lot of utility when it came to productivity or improving business outcomes, but that's changing. So for example, I just came across mm-hmm. a company called Drone Deploy and they have this really amazing technology where basically you can open up a map on a tablet, you can select an area that you want to take a aerial photographs of and then this drone will go up automatically and create a 3D map that gives you altitude and depth and all these these different things that you need whether you're a mining company or you're an agriculture and and apparently that's exponentially cheaper than sending up a plane to do the same thing manually so um i I have a feeling that uh that iot is kind of just before that stage and um, i haven't given enough thought to where things might go and and what tasks um, might be automated or improved but i'm just wondering if you have a perspective on that. So do you have any any view on where things are headed in terms of uh, home and or office automation um, to the extent that it will help personal or company productivity? Uh, for sure. Um, uh, you know, I think it's it's going to fall in so many overlapping categories, um, but just to, to, to throw out a few, um, and maybe just riffing off your story about your the quality of your sleep, right? What you learned so far from your sense about the quality of your sleep and the, the ideal temperature and fluids and various things that that affect it and 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 the quality of it. I think I think in the workspace, um, you know, it's rife for that type of thing. You know, uh, that that says, "Gosh, you know, I actually have more energy. I have uh, better productivity uh, uh, by tuning the lights." Um, or, or tuning the temperature, um, or uh, by what sort of background music is playing, uh, and I, I think you know that that all is still you know before us. You know, certainly um, uh, there's a lot of academic research on all of these topics, but the ability to actually you know make that um, that that tunability of those environments accessible to regular old people, I think, is now upon us. You know, I think I think everything's cheap enough. The the music, the 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 thermostats, the uh, lights, and everything else, um, as well as as now coordinating technologies like you know me uh, that can make those accessible by people. So I, I think that's what we're going to see a ton of over the next few years in terms of work productivity. Is just environmental things. As soon as you started painting that picture, I have a very visual imagination. <laughs> I started picturing, uh, I started picturing a bunch of uh, cattle-like workers in an office that are completely connected, and their respiration rates and heart rates are are being monitored, and then their their um, <laughs> physiology is being manipulated by caffeine input and lighting and music and um, <laughs> and their brain activities is measured as a result. So it's 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 interesting on the one hand, but creepy on the other. So I'm sure it can get a bit yeah. out of hand. Um, and I, I wonder sure. I wonder which way it's going to go. Um, 
Sp- speaking of which, it's a bit off topic on Work Smart, but I, I have you on the line and I have to ask you because I'm sure you have a perspective. This uh, w- One of the reasons why I, I don't consider myself an early adopter generally is because um, I always like to learn from other people's mistakes. And there's some, there's some pretty obscene mistakes that can happen when it comes to um, your data and letting um, your personal items become exposed to the internet. And so security is always at the top of my mind when, uh, mm-hmm. when I think about IoT and all these new devices that I aim to connect to. And one of the reasons why I haven't pulled the trigger on, on a connected lock, for example, is just my, um, because I fear what I don't understand. Um, and and I, I don't know what the implications are yet and how, how secure things are and, and what sort of risks are out there when it comes to putting all of your items online. Um, can you give me an, in, an industry insider's perspective on, on security when it comes to Internet of Things and what sort of things should be worried about and what should be ignored. And, and one, one example that jumps into my mind is, is yeah, your kid's not carrying keys. I think that's cool. But on the other hand, I'm a little worried because uh, what if the power goes out? You know, what's the backup plan? So just uh, would, love right. your, would love your perspective on this type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, it, this, is a, this is a huge, important topic. And, you know, the... The connected home and all these various types of devices that we've been talking about is very much like uh, every other digital s- in your life, you know, um, where, uh, you know, whether it's it's banking or social media or your email or uh, your phone itself, um, you know, everybody sort of implements security to different levels. Um and, uh, you know, there's, there's certainly for the home, there's no one standard, uh, that says this is, you know, security level X, Y, Z compliant. Uh, there isn't a standard. I don't think there's going to be a standard anytime soon. Uh, largely, uh, device makers and service providers implement, you know, quote unquote, industry best practices. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, those best practices include things that, you know, you see on the web every day with SSL and encryption and uh, and in some cases, two-factor authentication and 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 what have you. Um, but you know some some devices have pretty light uh, security and some have pretty heavy security, and it's all over the map. And because we're an integrator, um, of these various things, we sort of comply with whatever they've got. You know, we, we try to, we try to, uh, 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 be friendly to everybody, even though they have implemented security at different, at different levels. So, uh, uh to us, we take, um, uh, in some ways the Hippocratic oath, uh, which is first do no harm, you know, let's make sure that we're not, uh, uh, you know, creating, uh, more risk that we're not the weak link in the chain. There may be a weak link in there somewhere that we can't control because it's already in your house and you already installed that thing and it doesn't, it's not encrypted or whatever. Um, but, uh, we can just make sure that we're not exacerbating the problem in any way. That's sort of our first, uh, our first, um, level goal is, is do no harm. And after that, uh, try to do a lot of good. Um, uh, and now we're not, 
advertise as a security company or anything else, but I think there there will be an opportunity for us as again a trusted you know sort of advisor to the consumer to educate them a little bit more on the state of their network. So so we can we can say okay great you know we discovered your devices you authorize us to uh, work with them so we're doing this by the way you know you should know that your this thing that controls your um, your coffee maker um, is, you, you know, doesn't implement, you know, the best security and here are the risks associated with it um, and just educate the users a little bit more uh, than I think they currently are. I think there's an opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I could um, use you know me as my guide to help help tell me um, which which hardware and software is is most secure and that could help influence my purchase decision potentially. Yeah. Yeah. In our role as being sort of this independent agnostic provider, we don't, you know, we're, we, you know, we're trying to be friends with everybody, but we're also, uh, uh, you know, have sort of a unique perspective on, on these things throughout the home. So I think the opportunity for us to do that is there. We're not currently advising in that role, but I, I think that's there for us. And I think there's, there's some logic, uh, in, in us, uh, at least, trying to provide those insights to the consumer where I think it's pretty hard to come up, uh, across them today. Um, the, the thing about, um, uh, you know, the doors so you mentioned with the kids and not having keys and whatnot. Um, the great thing about connected devices is they can simplify things for you. Um, but they, there always has to be a fallback, you know, it's like the lights, you know, if, if the power goes out or the network goes out or whatever, you still need to be able to turn on and off the lights, right? You still need to be able to open and close the door. Um, so, uh, you know, we as an industry just can't, uh, design products that don't have a fallback, um, that you could still use the switch wall or you could still use a key. Uh, in the cases of, of locks, you know, it, it, my personal opinion on this is because there's a lot of different locks in the market, um, that the, 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 the most convenient fallback if, if the, if the network goes out, um, uh, or the power goes out is a keypad. Um, on the door lock itself. So there are some, some locks that have no keypad that require that you have your phone or um, the, that the Bluetooth is working on that, on that phone. But there, there is a fallback that, that there's a keypad on there, and that's what we have in our house. So um, if the kid, <laughs> his kid's battery is dead on their phone or whatever, then they can just punch in the number on the keypad and it will unlock the door. Like and we it. don't have to have power for that because it's battery operated. Yep, yep. I've got the keypad non-connected version. Um, what's the what's the brand on yours? Just for those listening that might might want to check it out. The Schlage Connect, we think, is a really great product. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, I've got the Schlage non-connect. I guess then. Um, uh, yeah. So so we're almost out of time. But um, for those that haven't gotten too scared from the security chat and uh, haven't <laughs> dipped their toe into the IoT yet, but are interested and want to uh, experience something new, what would you suggest as the biggest wow factor? So if someone wanted to get started with some connected devices, what single device or a few devices might you recommend that you know me connects really well and does some cool stuff with to try out? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, the most popular uh, device uh, for you know me users is Sonos. I mean, if you haven't experienced Sonos just on its own, you know, it's this great music experience, streaming, uh, very high quality, 
you know, very elegant setup and everything else. Uh, and then when you add, you know, me to it, uh, you can, you know, automate it, control it, do announcements, uh, uh various other, uh, cool things. So that's, that's, that's number one. I would say, uh, lighting, uh, is awfully nice too, because, you know, you start just like we're talking, talking about, you start to realize that, you know, tunable lighting, um, really does affect, your mood, uh, your energy level, um, and everything. And, and plus, you know, just as a dad, I get annoyed when the kids leave the lights on. So connected lighting for us, uh, really helps with a lot of things. So Philips Hue, um, uh, LifeX, um, uh, even the, the, the Cree and the GE, uh, connect bulbs that connect through a hub like Hue or Wink or something, um, are very nice. Um, but, the, but the one that, has the biggest wow factor, I think, especially when you connect it with these other things is, uh, is voice. So Amazon Alexa today is, uh, is really a cool thing. So when you can say things, as we were talking before about, you know, Alexa, turn on the TV and the TV comes on, the lights dim, the temperature adjusts, uh, this, you know, soon we'll be, have a few connected shades connected to, you know, me and the shades go down, uh, all in one, you know, simple voice command that like I'm watching TV now and all those things happen. That's pretty wow factor. Um, nice convenience. Um, and again, you know, back to that, that mantra for us is we just massively simplified your connected life with that one phrase. Yeah. I'm no good at marketing, but if I could suggest a new mantra, maybe it could be um, uh, all of those sweet movies from the 90s are now reality. <laughs> like right. Imagine like Demolition Man or something like all this, all this stuff or what's the Arnold one? Total, total Recall. Like, uh, total Recall, yeah. <laughs> like all this stuff is happening. Finally, I've been waiting for it. So uh, as, as a nerd, I'm pretty excited. But, uh, yeah. but Kent, Matt, it's, it's been a pleasure. What, um, where should we send people to check out your products? So you know me as Y-O-N-O-M-I. Um, you can search it in the App Store on, on iTunes. You can search it on Android, right. and Google Play. Um, should they check out your website, your Twitter? What else should they look into? Yeah, yeah the website is, is youknowme.co. Um, and, uh, you can check it out there. There's, there's, uh, some good stuff there, some great support there, obviously jumping off points to get your app. Um, uh, we're going to have a bunch of pretty exciting, uh, new announcements and new products associated or connected to, you know, me here coming up in the next couple of months. So keep an eye, uh, on the website and our Twitter handle is, you know, me app at, you know, me app. Uh, so keep an eye on there. We'll obviously make announcements there too. Outstanding. Kent, this stuff is fascinating. I really, really enjoyed this chat. So I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time yeah. to uh, discuss My your pleasure. company. And uh, yeah, man, looking forward to staying in touch and keeping an eye on how this thing evolves. Well, thanks very much, Ray. I, I enjoyed the chat myself and uh, and you do a great job over there. So, so we're uh, honored to be on the show. Outstanding. Well, um, thanks for listening, everyone. And as always, we are sponsored by Speak Up. So if you'd like to create positive change at work, go to getspeakup.com, enter your email address, and anyone can create a problem or suggest an idea at work. Everything is votable. And then management can come in to make decisions transparently. And then please also check out our product for all hands meetings, which is Speak Up Live. So getspeakup.com slash live. Anyone within a meeting can post a question, all the questions are votable, and then the moderator simply answers the most popular questions in order. So thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.